41, News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. We are in the lull period where there are very, very few public meetings of the Escambia County Commission and everybody else, too. It's like, you know, holiday season. Nevertheless, we still check in with the county administrator, Wes Moreno of Escambia County, every week. Uh, Wes, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning, Andrew. It's great to be here this morning. Good morning. It's good to have you, despite the cold, uh, or maybe because of it. Good to be in the studio. Hey, um, obviously, the, the big story yesterday was the PNJ uh, publishing their uh, narrative about this text messages between Jeff Bergosh and David Bear. And I know, look, the county's involved in a lawsuit with Ramey Edler over this. The county's involved with an FBI investigation uh, over how all of this was handled. You know, I, I get there's a lot of complexity to this. But I also wanted to give you a chance, since you are the county administrator, um, and you know I know you work for them, right? I get that too. But I wanted to give you a chance to comment, if you want, about you know kind of the perception that maybe Commissioner Bergash, according to the text, was like trying to organize a voting block on a voting issue for the county outside of the sunshine or outside of the normal meeting process. And I don't know whether that concerns you or kind of what your perspective is on this. I kind of feel like an open-ended question is, what does Wes want to say about this, if anything? Well, I guess my biggest frustration is I think it's a distraction. I think it's all a distraction to the real work that goes on. I think it's a distraction that overshadows all the good work that goes on in Scammy County. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot of things going on or involved in this case and involving um, this incident and, or event or whatever you want to call it. But my biggest frustration is that it's just a distraction. Um, you know, we have all kinds of good work that goes on every day and it doesn't get reported. doesn't get, doesn't get any coverage. And, uh, I guess for right now, that's, that would be my comment. It's, it's just, it's a distraction. It's a frustration, but it is what it is, but we're going to continue to put out good work and we're going to continue to serve the citizens and, do all the good things that we do every day, day in and day out. Well, as you know, one of the things we try to do, or I try to do anyway, is publicize the good news, too. Uh, you know, I don't know that everybody does, but I know that we certainly try to. And one of the good news notes that I discovered in the weekly uh, DPS uh, report was, and you and I have talked about the ambulance fleet for EMS, okay? But do I mm-hmm. read this right? Eight trucks, eight EMS ambulances in production, eight more coming, and Chief Torcell was working on securing three additional. That would be 19 new ambulances. Is that accurate? That is accurate. We are, you know, I guess that's my other frustration. You know, EMS is getting dinged on by some disgruntled employees, current disgruntled employees, former disgruntled employees, and uh, for whatever reason, some people are being willing to be used as a pawn. But look where we were three years ago. Look where we were four years ago. And look where we are today, from staffing levels to all the stuff that's been going on. And, again, it's, it's some of the things that happen that, that, that get out there, uh, they're a distraction. Look at EMS today. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. But compared to where we were, look where we are today. We're fully staffed, and we have ambulances coming. Uh, you know, I'd love to be able to go to the lot, pick one up, and bring it back, but we can't do that. It takes some time to get them here. But the board has been very supportive of EMS, and we're putting money into EMS. Uh, we got the core programs on that's very successful. Oh and yeah, we're, how, we're how many? More fleet sorry, I don't the, mean to interrupt, but onto you, the road. How many? How many people have come through core so far? I'm glad you you brought that up. Do you know? Do you have a like a? I want to say uh, the last number I think I heard was 
10 to 12, I think, something of that, of that nature. Okay, and for people who don't um, know, this is the voluntary program to get uh, treatment through uh, drug therapy to avoid the desire to use or the ability to enjoy the use of opioids. When people overdose, you offer it to them, and then it's a county or overseen program. So 10 or 12. Okay, great. And I'm sorry, I kind of interrupted you. You were saying more about EMS. Go ahead. No, no, I, no I just think, well, I think we're in a much better place than we were, uh, regardless of, of what folks like to say. You, you know, I— so a part of me wants to believe that, and yet when I look at the the hold calls report, it's still like holding call. Not all the time. There are days when we go no held calls, but it seems like it's still this persistent problem. And I, I know, you know, in the past, you and I have talked a lot about, you know, staffing shortages or, you know, COVID calls or frivolous calls. Um, where's the next point of attack on this problem from your perspective? If we got the trucks coming, which is a great upgrade to a fleet that's only maybe in the, what, 30s or so, i got to guess, ambulances. So that's a major upgrade to the fleet. What's the next point of attack for you on solving the EMS calls being held? Well, one thing, we're bringing in more paramedics, more MTs coming in January and February time frame. We have, um, you know, we added nine new paramedics, nine new MTs, uh, in this year's budget, board was supportive. They supported funding that, and they have. And so, we're bringing those on board, and they should come in. Some of them are coming in now. The, the rest of them will come in about Jan- ten more. Ten more coming in around January, February timeframe. So that's part of the strategy. And then, uh, just sitting down with uh, Chief Tercel and Eric, uh, as actually this morning about 9 a.m and talking other strategies. So we'll oh, see where we want great. to land with that. But but, uh, but we're working on it. I, well, mean, I, I look forward to hearing about that next <laughs> yeah. week. I mean, that's I, I w- I'm very curious to see what you guys come up with. Uh, Wes, I'm going to tell you what I think I know about the pier, and then you tell me what I don't understand or maybe add you know your, your comments to it. Uh, the way I understood it is uh, it's been damaged from Sally. It's needing to have massive repairs. FEMA dragged their feet. We finally got FEMA funding set up. We put out for bid. Uh, they were going to try to have the work done during the shoulder season entirely so as to avoid in- impacting the fish. Uh, the fishing. That bid came back at $8 million, way too high. We reconfigured the bid. Now it's back around $4 million, and that's why some of the delay has taken place in getting the thing started. But we're still hoping to get it going and ended by May to have minimal impact on uh, the kids and the fishermen. Do I have that about right? That is exactly right. Yay! <laughs> so, but how optimistic are you? Or tell me, I mean, because we can't have the pier out during fishing season, right? So things never quite go the way we're expecting. Should we realistically expect it to be open in May? I'm going to say yes, Andrew. I, I think I think the uh, emphasis that we're going to put on the contractor, the short, it really is kind of an abbreviated time frame, so I get that. But, uh, we know we're going to drive. We're going to drive the work, drive the contractor. We're going to be out there with our construction engineering inspection every day, and we're going to make sure that, that we do everything we can possibly do uh, to make sure we hit that deadline. Now, there are things that are out of our control. You know, we run into a week of rain. That's, that's usually not good for us. But we're going to plan. We're going to plan to be open in May. And um, you know, I was telling somebody this week we were talking about that. I said. You know, the thing is, there really is no shoulder season out there anymore. Yeah, that's it's true. High. Yeah, I mean, you know, you get a – it's cold this week, but it's, you know, next week, I don't know what the weather's going to be, but if it hits 70, 
you'll be liable to get 20,000 cars on the beach. Right. It is and, what it is. Yeah. If, and if you're walking on the pier, you're not the only one walking on the pier and there's people fishing on it. I mean, that just is, right? So mm-hmm. there, there's, yep. no, there's no real downtime anymore. Um, speaking of that, just a small note, but I thought it was interesting. The Pensacola Rotary is going to put some of these rescue tubes out on Pensacola Beach. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Dave Greenwood, I think, has been coordinating with some of that. And they, they rode the beach the other day and picked out some locations. And uh, so, so, yeah, they'll be going in. And I think his, you know, his take is, hey, if uh, you know somebody's going to go in and try to try to help somebody or rescue somebody, at least they could take a flotation device with them. And so that's what we're going to be doing. And those are the ones that have already been put in out in Perdido. And so, you know, seeing how that developed, which, you know, good, it's better than not having anything at all. I'd appreciate that. Also, there was, a, I guess, a fire on the Southwest Greenway, the boardwalk area over there on the west side, that it's now, is it all closed, partially closed? How long is that going to take to repair? I, I'm not sure of the time frame on the repair. Yeah, somebody, I don't know if somebody set a fire trying to stay warm or what, but there's a section of the walkway that, that was burned, and so there's a gap in it. Um, I'm not sure on the time frame to get repaired. I know Michael Rhodes is aware of it, and he's putting it in his work plan. But I don't know the exact time frame for it. And, and is is it just partially closed in that zone, or is it like the whole thing is closed? I, I wasn't clear from the the press release. No, the whole thing is not closed. Yeah, okay. the whole thing is not closed. But when you get to that point, uh, you need to turn around and go back. Oh, the way okay. You so you just you, you you just can't get there from here is all that means right now. Okay. Right. Right. Uh, and then the last thing I want to ask you about is the um, uh, empty the shelters initiative, which starts tomorrow, right at the uh, shelter, at the animal shelter. Yeah, yeah, they, it does. Uh, it does. John Robinson is man. I tell you, he's he's one of the best. He's the best of the best. He's very creative. Uh, he gets a lot of these initiatives. He gets involved in a lot of these initiatives uh, as far as trying to empty the shelters, keep the shelters manageable, keep the shelter manageable with the number of animals that we have over there. And so, yeah, he's he's involved in that. And you you'll probably see some more press release about that. Very good. My understanding is basically, other than puppies, you can get animals for free, uh, at least for the first couple of weeks of December. Mm-hmm. So, But as always, the note is, uh, don't think that a puppy is a Christmas gift unless the person you're giving it to really, 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 really <laughs> wants it and is understanding the cost involved and the difficulty involved in raising an animal. The cost and the difficulty and the responsibility, absolutely. We don't want to have return visits from that same uh, puppy coming back, or that same dog coming back. Uh, Wes Moreno, the Scambia County Administrator, as always, Wes, thanks so much for the time. We'll look forward to talking to you next week, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you now.